Hi there, welcome to Explain This, a podcast where we try to explain complex things in simpler ways for people of all ages. I'm your host Jin Kim, and today we'll talk about how we see colors, why colorblind people see less colors than the average person, and how certain people seem to be able to see colors we can't even imagine. Let's get started. One of my favorite things about the world is just how vibrant it is. Imagine if, as Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine wants, the sky was a no-nonsense color like tan, instead of the lovely blue that we see. Imagine if we couldn't appreciate the brilliant splashes of color of a sunset, or a bouquet of flowers, or a bird of paradise. Hell, it would make life a lot harder too, if we couldn't tell whether the traffic light was red or green. Color vision is an awesome part of our sensory experience of the world. But how does it work? How do our eyes capture the brilliant hues that we see? Let's start by explaining to you how color vision works as if you were five years old. Your eyes work like really advanced cameras. Light goes in through the lens, then it hits a special black layer called the retina at the back of the eye that acts as a film. This layer is a special film that can analyze the picture it's just captured. Then it can tell the brain what it's seeing by sending some electrical signals. But because you're trying to paint a word picture, you need to describe the different parts of the picture, like how big something is, how bright a certain part of the picture is, etc. To describe the colors it's seeing, the retina uses a sensor called cone cells. These are special colored cells that can sense just one color each, red, green, or blue. With these three colors, you can make up pretty much every color you see, like when you have flashlights of different colors. If you shine a red light onto a blue light, you get purple. Red and green makes yellow light, and so on. Your brain is really, really clever, so as long as the retina says exactly which part of the picture has how much red, blue, and green light each, the brain can figure out the rest, and then it can show you a crisp, colorful picture just by combining all of the different information together. In fact, just with these three color sensors, the brain can see one million different colors. But for some people, and dogs, their eyes are either missing some sensors, or one of their color sensors are broken. Like if your red sensor is broken, you're not going to be able to tell whether an apple is red or green, because they look really similar, because your brain just sees blues and greens, no reds. This is why your friend Jeffrey can't tell whether the traffic light says go or stop. Okay, so hopefully that gives you a rough idea of how color vision works. It sounds like an oversimplification, but your eyes really do work like cameras. Or cameras work like eyes. Whatever. We'll skip the optics part of the eyes and how lenses work, but essentially after light enters the eye and passes the lens, the part of the eye that translates the image into electrical signals to be transmitted to your brain by the optic nerve is called the retina. Now the retina has two very important cell types rods, and cones. I know that it sounds silly, but they're actually named after what they look like. Which makes a lot of sense. I do like it when scientists name things using common sense rather than calling things Brzezinski's sign or Erdheim-Chester syndrome, but I'll rant about eponymous names another time. We won't talk about rod cells much because they're not really involved in color vision, but they are responsible for you sensing motion and seeing in low-light environments better. This is why you can see things moving in your peripheral vision, even if you don't know exactly what's moving in your peripheral vision. Spooky. 
The cone cells are the ones we're interested in this episode. These are the cells that sense color. Now, each type of cone cell is tuned so that it can sense one part of the spectrum of visible light better. Or in a simpler way, they sense one part of the rainbow each. To keep it really simple, we'll call them red, green, and blue cone cells. But technically speaking, the green cone cell sends a little bit of blue and yellow, while red cone cells sense somewhere between green and yellow, etc. But we'll leave the technicles to the scientists. Alright, so between these three types of cone cells, your eyes can sense the entirety of the Roigebov visible color spectrum. This is actually how your TVs and your phone screens work too. Each pixel in the screen has a trio of LED bulbs, red, green, and blue. If you take a magnifying glass and look at a TV screen, you'll see what I mean. Now by changing how much of each light is shining, you can make a pixel change colors, because when you merge light of different colors, you get a new color. So for example, if the pixel had 100% red and 100% blue, but no green light showing, you'd see a lovely magenta hue. And if you had all three on at the same time, it would show white. And if you mix, say, 50% red, 20% green, 30% blue, you'd get sort of a weird maroony brown color, apparently according to the RGB slider that I just googled up. Now the reason why the way our eyes and TV screens work the same way is because clever scientists figured out that our eyes use red, green, and blue, the primary colors, to see color, all the way back in the mid-19th century. And this is what we call the RGB color model, or Young-Helmholtz theory of trichromatic color vision, if you want to sound really smart. But essentially, we use the same color model to explain color to computers, or when graphic designers are doing their magic. Anyway, let's get back to your eyeballs. So, let's give you an example of how these cone cells work. Let's say I blasted you with a really bright red flat light just to be mean, so that you'll literally only be seeing red. What happens in your eyes during that time is that red light will enter your eyes and hit your retina. Because red light is of only one spectrum, it will pretty much only activate the red cone cells, while the blue and green cone cells will just chill there and be like, this isn't the color we're looking for. Then the red cone cells send a signal to your brain. Because every part of your retina is telling the brain that it's only seeing red with no blue or green, the brain reads the signals, paints every part of your vision with just red, and that's what you'll see. Now if you looked at a picture that's red on the left side but blue on the right side, your retina sends this information exactly to the brain. The part of your retina that sees the left side of your vision only says red, but the right side will only say blue. So your brain reads these instructions and then paints the left side of your vision red, the right side blue. Simple as that. It's just information and processing. The retina can do this with any color that you can see. If you see purple light, both the red and blue cone cells are being activated. If you have Microsoft Paint or Photoshop, then you can play around with a color picker with the RGB slider to show this effect. Now RGB stands for red, green, and blue, if you've forgotten already. So that's how color vision works in a nutshell. We'll take a short break, and when we're back, we'll talk about when this all goes wrong. Welcome back. Alright, so to recap, our eyes see color by sensing using three different senses to determine how much red, green, and blue there is in whatever it's looking at. The brain can then do its computer black magic and figure out what colors we're looking at by combining the different ratios of red, green, and blue. But what happens if we have a faulty sensor? Or even worse, if we don't have one of those sensors? 
This is essentially what colorblindness is, where a person's perception of color is impaired. You probably know at least one person with colorblindness, since it affects about 8% of men. The most common type of colorblindness involves a defect in either the green or red cone cell, meaning that these people have difficulty distinguishing between red and green shades. They can still see color, but it's hard to differentiate them because of the broken cone cells. So for example, a red-green color blind person might have trouble telling apart a Granny Smith apple from a delicious red, because it would look really similar to them. Even worse, they might not know if traffic lights are red, yellow, or green, which could make driving very dangerous or crossing the road. Fortunately, most colorblind people adapt to this using contextual information. So for example, they might know what color light is on by looking at the traffic light and seeing which of the lights is on. Is it the first one, the second one, or the third one? So they can just memorize which pattern the light tends to be displayed in. In rarer cases, some people are born without an entire cone cell, meaning they can't perceive color in that range of the light spectrum at all. A great example is with dogs. Yeah, I know, dogs aren't people. They are strictly better. But anyway, the common misconception is that dogs see in black and white, but this is not the case. Dogs are what we call dichromats, as opposed to us being trichromats. For the Greek savvy of you, that means two colors and three colors respectively. Essentially, dogs only have two cone cell types, unlike our three. Instead of red, green, and blue, they have blue and yellow cone cells. So instead of bright red roses and green leaves, they'd see yellowy brown flowers and leaves. So it's still not as vibrant as what we see, but it's something. In extremely rare cases, some people are born with no cone cells. This is called achromatopsia, and these people literally see in black and white because they can't detect color. What a cruel world that would be to live in. A few random things about colorblindness. Did you know that colorblindness was specifically selected for in soldiers during World War II? Not to the level of drafting a unit of elite snipers, per se, but they did figure out that people with colorblindness were really good at seeing through camouflage. This is because they could distinguish between khaki and brown hues better. And also, because they had to adapt to the handicap, colorblind people can use other information to distinguish shapes and hues, like edges or shadows, so they're much better suited at picking out hidden enemies. Another kind of related fact is that colorblindness is much more common in men compared to women. Around 8% of men have colorblindness, while only about 0.1% of women do. Why is this? Well, it turns out that the genes for color vision are encoded on the X chromosome. If you remember your biology class, you'll remember that men are born with an X and a Y chromosome, while women have two X chromosomes. This means that if you inherit an X chromosome with a defective color vision gene, women have a backup X chromosome that might cover up the defect, while men, they've got nothing to hide their defective gene. Which brings us to another quite interesting question about color. Before we finish, let's go back to cute animals again. Much like how dogs have different color vision to us, the way an animal perceives color is vastly different throughout nature. Perhaps the coolest variation on color vision is being able to see ultraviolet or UV light. UV is invisible to us because the frequency is higher than violet, the highest range of our visible spectrum. But for many birds and insects, they have special photoreceptors in their eyes that can detect UV light. 
This means that when they see each other or a flower, they see a completely different color or pattern to what we see. Some birds may look very drab and dull to us, but they may be super fabulous and loud to members of their own species. It's like a secret fashion code that we can't see. Flowers are the same. If you look at many flowers through a UV filter, we can see that they have much more vibrant, ornate patterns that tell insects to come rub their body all over their pollens and spread their genes. Yeah, it gets pretty sexual in the natural world. Anyway, this is another example of how we only know colors that we can see. If we could see UV light as well, the world would look like a very different, very drippy place. Well, that's enough musing about color, don't you think? Let's recap what we learned today. We learned that our eyes perceive color by using three different types of color sensing cells, called cone cells. We learned that the red, green, blue, or RGB color model, can generate all the colors we see, so it's very useful for electronic screens and graphic design. We learned that if you have missing or faulty color senses, you turn out colorblind and can have trouble distinguishing different colors, like red from green. We learned that some people have more color senses than the average person, so they can see colors we can't even imagine. We learned that dogs don't see the world in black and white, but more in a weird blue-yellow-brown palette, while birds and insects might see very vibrant, purpley-weird UV colors instead. Lastly, we learned that we can't imagine a color we've never seen. Weird. Now let's wrap the show up by leaving you with a question to ponder. How would you describe the color red to a blind person? It's a great interview question I heard a long time ago, and it really makes you think. Feel free to share your answers by sending an email or leaving a comment. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Explain This. I hope you've learned something interesting and maybe even useful today. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Explain This was written and hosted by me, Jin Kim. If you'd like to suggest a topic or just send a lovely message, you can email me at explainthiscast at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook or Twitter 